me with it as well. So I've already repented before I came to church. So you all are going to get the end of it that the Lord, just like he, he did me. You know, as believers, we count some things as big sins, you know. We're very careful to avoid fornication. We are very careful to avoid lying. We're very careful to avoid the obvious big, big sins. But there are some little foxes. <laughs> there are some little, little things that we don't consider as sin. But they are the ones that are really spoiling the vine. So for the next couple of weeks, God has led me to speak to us about catching the little foxes. And today, I'm going to read the foundation scriptures and then I'll tell you the fox we need to start really working on. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15. It says, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine, for our vines have tender grapes. The notion here is that this is a relationship we have with Christ. And this relationship is supposed to be like a vineyard where you have grapes that grow. And you know what grapes are. They are delicious. They are fruitful. They are, you use them to make wine. And it says that the relationship with Christ that we have with him, that is how that is relationship. And if we are not careful, foxes can come in that vineyard and destroy those tender grapes that we are developing in our work with the Lord. And again, it says, catch us. Put the scripture back up. It says, catch us, which means it's, a two, it's two of us. It's catch us. It's a, it's a relationship. So it's saying here that the job of catching the foxes is a teamwork between us and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Then the second uh, foundational scripture is from Romans 12, verse 2. We all know this scripture very well. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So the way we think will let us know that we are in the will of God or not. And so if your mind as a believer is not renewed, you are not walking in the will of God for your life. Amen? And then First John chapter 2, verses 4 to 6 in the message, it says this, If someone claims, I know him well, but doesn't keep his commandments, he's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match his words. But the one who keeps God's word is the person in whom we see God's mature love. So a way of knowing that you know Christ is the love of God that is working on the inside of you. He said this is the only way to be sure we are in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God, listen to this, ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. Amen? So for the next couple of weeks, I want us to talk about some things. I'm going to start this week with negative thinking. As a little fox that is spoiling the tender grapes of our relationship with God. We talked about making room. God made it so clear that we need to make room for the manifestation, for the things he's going to be doing in our lives, in your life, in my life, every one of us here. We have something we are believing God to do for us in 2024. And if you don't, please believe God for something, because God has given us a promise that there will be so much manifestations going on, and we've already seen so many. We are just in March. 
God is already doing so much here. So make sure you are expectant. Make sure you have something to present to the Lord. But as we are doing that, it's a mutual relationship that we have with God. God is going to be requiring us to do some things to get us ready for the things he wants to do. When God wants to take you to a higher level, he always takes away some things from you to make you able to climb. And that is what this is all about. For you to climb to that level, sometimes the weight that we are carrying is what is preventing us from climbing to that new level we all desire. And so the negative thinking that a lot of Christians have is something that we don't even regard as sin, but it is sin. It is seen in the eyes of God, and we need to start catching ourselves. And I'm going to be very, very detailed about how to recognize it. We are going to actually do like a little survey so you can tell if you are that kind of person who tend, who have that tendency to think negatively about everything. Because it's going to steal. Negative thinking is a stealer. It steals your faith. It destroys your confidence in God. And so God is requiring us to start, when you're thinking, recognize a pattern and walk on it. And with scriptures, I have scriptures here that we can use and ways how to overcome this negative pattern of thinking. Amen? God, Bible says here in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, it says, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts run your life. No man, no woman can grow beyond the way they think. If you're always thinking failure, guess what? That's what is going to, is going to come to you. You attract, your, your thoughts actually attract things to you. If you're a negative person, thinking negative about everything, I mean, we live in a negative world. I'm telling you, you, you just need to put on your TV for 10 minutes and realize that everything they focus on in the news is negative. Nobody tells you about the good that is being done. They want to tell you about the bad, about the shooting, about the killing, about the... Think about it. The other day, it hit me so hard. Two people, they were arguing about the unemployment rate. And they were saying it's 8%. And they were fighting about which, which uh, regime or which uh, government or which president. That one was 6%. This one is 8%. And I'm like, excuse me. We have people that are employed 90, 93%. 93% of people that want jobs can have jobs. We're not thanking God for that. We're fighting and discussing about the 7% that don't have jobs. Isn't that what we do? God will bless us and give us so much. And then that one little thing that is not right is what we focus on and we completely forget all the good that God has done. That is what I'm talking about. For us to start catching those little foxes, for us to realize, no, I shouldn't think like that and arrest that thought and cast it down according to the scripture. And then begin to think like the scripture says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. It says, think, it says, my finally brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue and if there's any pra- anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. 
And so you catch yourself and you find out you are thinking a negative thought and you stop it and you cast it down and you abort it and you deliberately fix your mind on the things that God just talked about here. Amen? God hates negativity. He does completely. In Numbers chapter 11 verse 1, it says, Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some. May that not be us in the name of Jesus. If you read that in Numbers from chapter 1 to chapter 10 of Numbers, God had done amazingly good things for the Israelites. He had saved them from captivity. He had removed them from Egypt. He was doing some great, I mean, we know of the plagues. God did all of that to get them out of Egypt. Now they were in the wilderness in chapter 11. They were already complaining, oh, we want some leeks. We want some onions. Who wants to eat onions? Who wants to just eat leeks? They forgot all the pain and all the suffering and all the bondage that they were in for 300 and something years. And they are complaining they want to go back to that just to eat leeks and onions. You see how people think? And God was mad. The Bible says in Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, it says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you. Let me explain what that scripture means. That means your faith doesn't become effective if you don't acknowledge the good things God has done in your life. If you point out, if you're always the one that's looking at what God has not yet done, without recognizing and thanking him for what he's already done, he says your faith will not be effective. So see how important it is for us to catch our thoughts? See, negative thinking is a, is a common thing. All of us have it. It's a temptation we all have. If ten people here tell you you look great, and one person tells you, ooh, why did you wear that dress, brother? Oh, brother. <laughs> We don't want brothers wearing dresses at the Fact Fellowship. Where did you wear that? How did, where did you wear that dress, sister? It's too this or it's too that. You're going to forget all the nine or ten people that told you that dress was good. You're going to focus on that one person, and that's going to bring you down to the dumps because you allowed that negative thought to take root in your heart. We all have it. We all have thoughts. But look at what Jesus said. Jesus had gone to the temple and he had healed. There was a guy who was lame and he told the guy first, he said, your sins are forgiven. And they all were like, who is this to forgive sins? Who does he think he is? He heard, the Bible says, knowing their thoughts. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 4, in the NIV, it says, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? That word entertain is the key right there. Jesus did not, you can have the evil thoughts come to you, but don't open the door. You know how we entertain people? If you come to my house now, you knock on the door. I will open that door for you because I'm expecting you. I will invite you in, give you food, entertain you, give you drink, make room for you. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying those evil thoughts will not come. But he says don't entertain them. Don't make room for them. Don't, don't give them <laughs> drinks. Don't put them in your pocket and, and nurse them. That's what he's saying here. 
So we all have those negative thoughts. What you do with them is what matters. Amen? Now, there is a right response to when things happen to everybody. There's a right response and there's a wrong response. And I'm going to focus on the, the negative thoughts that come because somebody said or somebody did something to us. In the area of relationships. Let's go, you know, we've, we'll talk about the one about the general life, but I think where the enemy is really stealing from us in our manifestations is in our relationships with each other. He's stealing our relationships, friendships. Because of negative thinking. There's always a right response and there's always a wrong response. Let's look at the right response. If anybody, for example, somebody, somebody comes and says, Oh, uh, Angela, this person said this about you. And you know it's not true. You can choose to respond when that thought hits you on what to do. You can choose to respond two ways. The right way is to say, Well, everybody's been, been talked about. I won't be the first and I won't be the last. They talk about me. So what? God is the judge. God is the one that vindicates. God is the one that fights. God is the one that defends. I can fight and defend myself. You cut it short. That, that, that person will even come back to you another day to say somebody said. Or you can say, huh, they said that about me. Okay. And in your mind, you're thinking of how to revenge, what to do. And then you go on Facebook and you post something that everybody knows you're mad. And everybody's calling you, oh, what, what happened? What happened? And then, uh, you know how the devil works? He's going to bring people that don't like that person for some reason across your way. And you're going to go, you know how evil looks for evil. You're going to go and sit down with them and then you begin to say things that are not true about this other person just because of what they said and the thoughts that you now have that you did not arrest and respond the right way. And then you see that person, instead of approaching that person and saying, listen, this is what I heard, or even praying for that person and just letting it go, you see that person coming that way, you go the other way. See what negative thoughts have done? It has destroyed the relationship. And who knows if God was going to use that person to make a manifestation in your life? We don't know. So it's so important for us not to think negatively about people, about our lives. Sometimes, I call it self-abuse. We abuse ourselves when we think negative things about ourselves. When we think, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I'm not smart enough. For example, they tell you, pray, let's say we call people out and say, okay, you say a prayer. And this other person prayed so eloquently. And you just had three or four words to say. You stammered over them. And God wants to prepare you as a prayer warrior. You go there thinking, oh, Sister, Sister Angela prayed so well. Sister Shelley, oh, Brother Mike prayed so well. I was the one just speaking. I couldn't even put my thoughts together. The next time, you know, Pastor Angela says, oh, you know what? I need you to, to lead prayer. Oh, no. I can't do that. But God is actually preparing you to be a prayer warrior. And so because of that one thing, yourself, your negative thoughts about yourself uh, doesn't allow you to move forward. And guess what? 
You never grow in that area. You never get to, to, to use that gift and to perfect and to grow that gift God has in you. I have a, a lot of people sitting down here looking at me that you know that's happening to you. You have a gift that God has given you. You are thinking, oh, uh, uh, Sister B has five. I just have one. But look, the story of the talents, the one that had two, the one that had five, as long as you are using it, God will multiply it. But if you don't use it and you bury it, that's where the issue is. You know why? Because of negative thinking. Oh, I have just one. Mine is not as good as, as B that has three or C that had five. What gift do you have that you're sitting on because your thinking is not good enough? What has God called you to do? Time is going. When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Because for God to manifest in you, you have to make room. Sometimes it's our own thoughts, our own thinking pattern that is tying us down. We need to break out of it, people. We really need to break out of it because if you don't, that's how you will sit down. Time will pass you by. Let me give you an example. For years, we went on medical missions. Every year, sometimes we'll go in March, we'll go in August or October. Every year, we went twice. And I had this friend. Every year, she would call me and say, I'm going to go with you. When we start planning, oh, she'll call back and say, oh, my children are scared uh, that if I go, Africa is too unsafe. There are news in, 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 on the news, they say in Nigeria, they are kidnapping people. They are doing this. She will not go. She did that for 12, 12 years. Finally, she just didn't want to go anymore. She died about a year and a half ago. One of the things she told me when she was very sick was that she regretted not allowing herself to go because of fear and the negative thinking. We always went the same place, came back. None of us was hurt. Three sides, right? Never, nobody ever kidnapped, kidnapped us. Nobody ever shot at us. But you see, who knows the number of souls she could have won? Who knows the lives she could have touched? Now she's in heaven, and I know she made it to heaven. But who knows how many crowns she left behind just because of negative thinking that something bad is going to happen. Why don't you think of all the good that's going to happen? Why do you always think of the bad that's going to happen? You have 99, 97% employment rate. They are fighting over the 7% unemployment rate. That's how we live. That's how the world is. We are not supposed to be part of the world. The Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Amen? Now we're going to take personal inventory. And this is time, I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone to raise, you're not raising hand, but you, in your mind, you need to think about these things. Number one, critical eye. Do you tend to notice what is wrong first in everything? You, already, you notice the wrong color. You notice that this is, this, and they don't match. You notice that that thing is not, that picture is not straight. You want everything to just be perfect. If it's not perfect, it just, that's not a good thing. It's good to have a spirit of excellence, but if you're very critical, about everything, you need to watch it. Because when you're very critical, you, you are not quick to give people hope. And, and I can come and say, oh, this, this looks... I, I see that it's not, it's not, the picture is not put straight. But at least thank you for making an effort to put that picture on the wall. And then when you are not there, I can go there if it's really driving me crazy and, I, and I'll straighten it. 
But if I keep telling, if I come in and I say, oh, that thing is not straight, and you had spent hours putting it up, maybe to, to make me think, you, you know, to, to do something for the Lord, and I come in my, I say, oh, that thing is not straight. Guess what? It just destroys your faith. So we need to think of that when you want to criticize and have a critical eye. Don't think of your own, just letting out what you feel. Think about who you are having that critical eye and how it's going to affect them. Husbands and wives, you too. Before you criticize your wife or your husband, think of what that word you're saying is going to do to them. You're supposed to be fighting together, not fighting each other. And critical words, critical eye, always seeing the wrong, the house is not clean, the clothes are not this, this needs everything. Why can't you come in and talk about the good things going on in your life? The fact that you have a wife, the fact that you have a husband, the fact that you have children, let the house be dirty. A time will come when you, you will want your house to be dirty, I promise you. If you come and you leave it right there and you come back next day, it's right there. Everything is in place. You want something to, to, to move. Enjoy it. Expectations number two. How do you handle when people disappoint you? How do you handle it when you want something done and it's not done the way you think it should be done? When you are told that a friend said something negative about you, how do you respond? Because expectations are intrinsic. We put a lot of expectations on people. And we do things for people because we are expecting them to do something back for us. Don't ever be that kind of a person. Do something for people and do it as unto the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Because if you don't do it as unto the Lord... The day they do something wrong, your mind is going to go negative after all I've done for them. After all I've given them. After all, I... So that means all the things you are doing for them was because you expected something back. There's no reward for that. There's no reward for that. Don't put expectations on people. Because when you put undue expectations on people intrinsically, that's when you begin to have negative thoughts about them. When they don't do what you're expecting them to do. Then conversations number three. When talking with your friends, are you talking about issues or you're talking about people? When you're on the phone with your friends or when you sit down at lunch or dinner with people, with friends, what is your conversation about? Is it on issues or is it on people? If you're talking about people, you have negative thinking patterns. Because most of the time, when you want to talk about people, the tendency of the human heart, the carnal heart, is to make yourself feel better. That you are superior to that person. That's the carnal nature. Because we tend to always see the wrong in people, not the right. And so if you are sitting there in a conversation, or on that phone, and you are talking about Pastor Angela, better be talking about something good about Pastor Angela. Because people tend to just, if you're talking about how you're growing in the faith, the scripture you read and how it ministered to you, the song germinated and sang, how it ministered to you, if that's what you're talking about, you're, you are on the right track. But if what you're talking about is, oh, and especially when you go for lunch today, 
If all oh, the music was too loud, the this was too that, that's negative thinking pattern. So I'm saying all of this so that we can, I like to make my messages very practical. Because if it's practical, then you can practice it and you can grow from it. So when you're having conversations, if it's about people, get away from there. If you can't change the topic, those are not the kind of people you should be around. Be around people that speak about issues that will make you grow as a person. Amen? Number four, do you have hurts that you've not resolved? Have you been able to handle, somebody criticized you three years ago. Anytime you see that person or hear about that person, what comes up on the inside of you? If that thing still comes up that just shakes you and makes you have, I don't want to use, use the bad word here, but if it makes you have diarrhea, let me say it. <laughs> now some people, they just talk about them, it's like your stomach just goes, you still not resolve that thing. You've not resolved that hurt. If it still gives you physical symptoms, nausea, wanting to throw up, all of that, you're sweating because they are talking about someone, you've not resolved the hurt. And I said it the other day, especially if it has to do with an ex-anything, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, ex-husband, ex-wife, if you've not resolved it, you're just going to carry that hurt into another relationship and guess what? That person that you're going to meet in the future is going to suffer. For the pain, they didn't curse you. For the hurt, they didn't curse you. So resolve your hurt so that you don't carry that negative feeling, that negative thinking about that person. It is a miserable thing to think about somebody before you sleep, wake up in the morning, you're angry and mad because of what they did to you seven, eight years ago. You're still carrying it, like carrying a dead body on you. It's like carrying a corpse everywhere you go. That's what negative thinking does. Unresolved hurts. Number five, how do you manage your time? Do you have too much time on your hands? You sit waiting for the phone to ring. You're watching that post you posted every minute to see how many people have liked it or commented. If you do that, this is, this is very practical. If you're one that's doing that, you have too much time on your hands. The devil the, is clear. The, the, the workshop of the devil is an idle mind. When you think everybody should be calling you when they're at work, they should come sit down with you when they are busy with work and you get offended and mad because, oh, I called uh, B, I called C. They are busy. They don't, they have things to do. And so you start having negative thoughts about them or about situations that nobody, they don't even know that they have offended you. Too much time on your hands. Find something to do. Find a place to go, to go, um, what they call volunteer. Get a Bible study. Get a book. We just have one that we are doing for Sunday school. Even if you can't be on Sunday school, get that book and say, okay, in the next month I'm going to work on this. As you study the Word of God and do like that kind of a book Bible study, you will grow so much, you're going to look for somebody to pour what you've learned into. Or on the other hand, if you don't have much time on your hand, if you're always busy, 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 stressed out, one thing, your schedule is so packed that you don't even have time to sleep. And then guess what? Every little thing gets you mad. You get offended. You start thinking negatively about people. They didn't put that thing on your schedule. You, you did your schedule yourself. And then the dog looks at you. You're mad. 
Your children see you, everybody is running away because you are mad. You are so busy. Oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm stressed. Lighten your schedule. Because you start thinking negatively about every other person, they are not doing enough. I'm the one that is the strong person. I'm the, the superwoman, the super mom, the super dad. No, you're just being anxious and you're, you're thinking that you are God. You are not God. So little, little time, too much time, everything in life should be balanced. It's good sometimes to watch a movie. Just to let your mind, it's good sometimes to rest. Number six, complaining too much. Do you always feel there's something wrong that you have to talk about? If I'm talking to you in a conversation, are you always going to find something to tell? How are you doing? By fa- even if things are by faith, say, I'm fine. You don't always have to complain about everything. Complain about if it's too cold, it's too cold, it's too cold. Next day, if it's too hot, Houston is too hot. Which one can God, how can God do What would God do to please us? You see how we are, the way we think? Complaining about everything. And you know, it makes you always, you know, it's like, it's okay. It's nothing wrong with wanting help. It's a good thing if you need help. That's why the church is here. The church, I say, is a hospital for sick people. We are here, but you need to start getting well. If, if I admit you in the hospital one week, you're not getting well, I, what will I do again? You're supposed to get well. If you're, if you're a believer, there should be progress. We should see, okay, last year they were, not, they were like this. This year they, we've progressed. I'm no, I'm no longer as angry as I used to be. Okay, I, I no longer, you know, talk the way I used to talk. I no longer respond the way I used to respond. So we can see measure of growth. These are the things that we need to talk about. Nobody talks about, well, we can come and say, oh, I'm married, I don't commit adultery. Oh, I'm single, I don't fornicate. Oh, yeah, we, that is ex- those are basic foundations. Those are, the Bible says those are basic I mean, those are basic. This area right here is well of... I told you all I repented. So I'm not telling you all something that I haven't cried before the Lord. I'm not telling you all here that I'm perfect. But those are things that we have to be careful about. Those are the little foxes. We're expecting the big lion, the big elephant, those that we can see. No, those little foxes will come in and spoil those tender grapes and those things that you're working on so hard in your relationship to God. And the crazy thing is we've put ourselves in prison by having this negative thinking and we don't even know that we have put ourselves in prison. We just gave our hands willingly to the enemy to put those chains on and locked it and they gave us the key. And we have the key and yet we refuse to come out of the prison. Negative thinking. The consequences of negative thinking. Number one, it breaks your spirit. It breaks your spirit. Because when you think about negative things, you're never happy. You're never free. You're never like joyful. The Bible says in Proverbs fifteen thirteen, it says a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Either you're breaking your own spirit or you're breaking somebody else's spirit when you're very negative. 
Because you don't allow people to have hope. You don't allow yourself to have hope and you don't allow the person next to you to have hope. It's very discouraging. For example, a wife does, tries to make everything so perfect for her husband. And then he comes, he doesn't even notice it. Meanwhile, he's complaining of something completely different. And she had spent the whole day getting ready or just for him. To, and he didn't even notice it. Meanwhile, he's think, talking negatively about something. That's very discouraging. She will not want to do anything, or he, if it's the other way around, he will not want to do anything anymore in the future. Because if all you always see is everything that's wrong, and you never see anything that's right, who wants to live with that? It breaks the spirit. And it causes you not to walk in love. And this is huge because the Bible says faith works by, by walking in love. Your faith will never work if you don't walk in love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. It says love does not dishonor other people. It does not look out for its own interest. It does not easily become angry. It does not keep track of other people's wrongs. Negative thinking wants you to keep a notebook and write everything that is wrong. And keep it before you and meditate on it. No. And number three leads to bitterness. Because when you're harboring negative, critical thoughts, you cannot, it's like a bitter seed on the inside of you. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5. It says, God against turning back from the grace of God. Let no one become like a bitter plant that grows up and causes many troubles with its poison. Negative thinking is like poison. That just poisons everything. Number four, it births evil. Luke chapter 6 verse 45, it says, Good people bring good things out of the good they stored up in their hearts. But evil people bring evil things out of the evil they stored up in their hearts. So people speak the things that are in their hearts. So people that have negative way of thinking, they never have positive things to say. I mean, you have been around those people, right? Where it's just like when they sit, by the time they leave you, you just want to take your, your, your shirt or whatever off and just do it to get all the words and everything they said off of you. We must not, as believers, we must not be like that. We must not be like that. And then number five, I will end here today, being negative is emotionally and spiritually abusive. It's abusive to other people and abusive to yourself. That's why I say sometimes we abuse ourselves, but we don't even know. This, this one really, this scripture here, man, it was something. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11 in the message. Listen to this. It says, the mouth of a good person is a deep, life-giving well. But the mouth of the wicked, see what it says, it's a dark cave of abuse. A negative person is a dark cave of abuse. If your mouth speaks good things, the Bible says you are life-giving well. That means everything coming out of you is to give life, to give water, to refresh, to make grow. That's what we should be. Our words should not be like, coming out is like a dark cave of abuse. 
That means everything you say is abusive, either to you or to the person listening to you. That's not what God wants from us at all. Next week, I'm going to talk about how to overcome negative thinking. How we should guard our minds. How we should ask God for his perspective. How to be familiar with God's word. Because the way negative thinking is, there will be an event or situation that happens. And I'll use David and Goliath. That story, there's so many lessons there. An event happens, a situation happens, that's a fact. It's a fact. You cannot, I mean, it happened. And then you're going to have thoughts. Put that thing on, if you can put it on, so they can see the, the way, the, the path. Put it on. I want to see, show them that before I, before I end. Because you have a situation, an event that happens, which is a fact. Your thoughts and your perspective, what, what you think about that situation is usually wrong. Is usually wrong. That is where the problem is right there. The thought, that place. If you're beginning to think negative, if you can redefine your thoughts, if you can divert and force your thoughts to think on the good at that point, then your feelings will not go negative because every thought is going to be expressed in a feeling. No thought is never expressed. Every thought you have is always expressed. Expressed good, expressed evil. And so when you have negative thoughts, it will always show up in the way you feel. And the way you feel will always drive your behavior. The way you think is what drives your behavior. And your behaviors are what drives your outcomes. And so it is not the fact that God gave you a word. If you want an outcome to be a man of God, a woman of God, who is leading people to the Lord, who is leading all the teenagers in your school to the Lord, the situations will happen, that's a fact. Your thoughts is what is going to determine the outcome of your life. The Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So at your thought level is where you need to learn to redefine, to reframe, to, re, to redirect your thoughts. Because every outcome in your life, every man becomes what he thinks. If you become great in life, we can trace it back to the thoughts you had. It's never about having a vision. It's not about, you know, go, coming from a great family. Your thoughts is what will determine your life. Stand up with me this morning. I always say, you know, messages like this are not very fun to hear. But I'm, I'm one person that if God is dealing with me, what I usually tell him is, is this for me, Angela, or is this for the church? Because there are some things he tells me is for me. And I cry before him, I take care of it, I repent. But this is for all of us. Because he said it very clearly, make room for what he's going to do. And for us to have everything God wants for us to have. We cannot have room in our minds for negative thinking. Amen? We cannot. So I'm going to make the altars here available. If you want to come just to lay down before or kneel before the Lord or stand before Him, I, I believe so much in having the altars. The altars is where you go face to face with the Lord. So you can come here and tell Him, Lord, you spoke to me this morning. Like I said, I'll come down there if I need to because I already repented, so I may not do it. But all of us, I believe, you have something that is all in your mind that you know it shouldn't be there. And if God is asking you to get rid of that so he can do something new, if it's a relationship, if it's a, somebody did something to you, or if it's something that happened in your life way back, it's time for you to let go. 
Let go and make room for the new. Amen. So we're going to leave these others. Just come in and, and talk to the Lord yourself as the praise team. Just sing very quietly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. Help us, Lord Jesus. 